What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, At the Buzzer, and Cavaliers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Man, if, if we're being honest here, um, beating the Cavaliers in that fashion is not necessarily very impressive. Um, the Cavaliers are, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, especially without um, three rotation players. Um, the Wizards should have really won that game by more. Um, but, you know, a win is a win. Um, every win this late in the season is important, um, especially when the Wizards, um, you know, are competing for that 10th seed to get, <laughs> get in that playing game. Um, but so, yeah, so the Wizards win pushes their record to 27 and 33. Um, and they just, they won um, 119 and 110 against the Cavaliers. Um, and that loss for the Cavaliers um, moves their record down to 21 and 39. Um, coming into this game, um, I'll have to pull it up. Um, team stats. Okay, so coming in this game, the Cavaliers are 26th in the league in point differential with a point differential of minus 7.3, which is not good at all. Um, they've also won 4.3 more games than expected um, per their point differential, um, which is means they're kind of getting a little bit lucky to even have won 21 games this season. Um, their offensive rating on the season is 106.4, which ranks 28th in the league, and their defensive rating on the season is um, 113.7, which ranks 21st in the league. Um, looking at their overview four-factor stuff um, for this game, um, it was actually it was a slow-paced game. Um, the Cavaliers had 97 possessions, the Wizards had 96. Usually that number's you know 100-ish, a little more. Um, but yeah, so the Wizards' um, offense rating was really, really good. Um, you know, kind of was their offense rating really good, or the Cavs' defense really bad. But um, yeah, so their offense rating was one twenty-two point nine, um, which is great. That's in the seventy-ninth percentile. It's really impressive for a single game. Um, Cavaliers was at one thirteen point four, which is about average. Um, Wizards' effective field goal percentage was fifty-seven. Cavs was fifty-seven point seven. Um, but the Wizards' turnover rate was ten point four, which is really, really good. Um, and the Cavs was at nineteen point six. 
Um, the Wizards' offensive rebound is 26.7, and the Cavs was at 30, which is really high. Um, and the Wizards' um, free throw rate was 24.4, and the Cavs was 25.6, which are um, both relatively high numbers. Um, just to go over some of the... Oh, no. First, I do want to go over the win probability. Um, the Cavs, they had the game for, like, you know, from, like, halftime onward until... Um, the Wizards moved into above 50% with about four and a half minutes left in the fourth. Um, but from right around halftime until that point in time, the Cavaliers were actually favored to win this game per ESPN's win probability model, um, which is not a good thing. <laughs> Coming in this game, there was at a 62.3% chance to win. Um, and I don't even know if that factored in the injuries. Um, so obviously the Wizards um, did not have um, Rui Hachimura, who missed, what, his fourth-ish <laughs> straight game with... Um, his knee um, soreness. Um, obviously, um, Danny Avdi is out for the season, and obviously, um, Thomas Bryant's been out for the season. But the Cavaliers are already not very good to begin with, and they were without Colin Sexton tonight, um, who's arguably their best player, um, clearly their best offensive player. Um, he's kind of the engine that does drive their offense. Um, and then they're also missing Damian Dotson, who is a very, very solid rotation player. Um, and they were missing who? Who was the other person they were missing? Someone else. I think NBA.com has it. Um, let me pull it up super, super quick. NBA.com. Killing Cavaliers. Ah, they don't have it. Okay, they're missing one other person. Um, I'll think of it at some point in this episode. Um, but anyway, so the Cavs missing three rotation players um, being already as bad as they are um, really should mean that the Wizards should win by more points. But it didn't. That's okay. The Wizards end up winning the game. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, back to going over... Um, the top line numbers for this game. Bradley Beal had 33 points. It was absolutely incredible tonight. Um, those 33 points coming on um, 13 and 24 shooting um, and 27 overall shooting possessions, which is a really, really good number. Um, Howell Neto had 14 points. Um, you know, another Howell Neto type of game. Um, Russell Westbrook had 14 points on 16 and a half shooting possessions. Not his greatest night overall, um, which is weird um, considering who was guarding him. But anyways, um, yeah, so Bertans had nine points. He was three of ten from three. Um, you like to see him shooting that many looks. Um, that's actually not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, just watching it live, it's, it felt like he was a little bit worse from three, but that's solid. Um, Lopez was good off the bench. He had 14 points, five of five from the field, four of four at the free throw line. Um, so just unbelievably efficient. What's that? 14 points on seven shooting possessions. That's 100% true shooting, so that's awesome. Um, Garrison Matthews had eight up points off the bench. Smith had eight points in 18 minutes, and Daniel Gafford had 12 points in 27 minutes. Um, going over some of the Cleveland Cavaliers guys, um, Jared Allen had a career high. He was t- <laughs> 10 for 12 from the field, 7 for 9 from the line. Um, all this in 34 minutes. He had 27 points, um, 12 rebounds, and his point differential was neutral. Um, I'll get into why that may have been um, in a second. Um, Garland looked pretty nice tonight. Um, he had 40 points, 9 to 20 from the field. Not 40 points, 40 minutes. He had 28 points, 9 to 20 from the field, but 6 to 6 from the free throw line, 4 of 8 from 3. Um, so even though he was only 9 to 20 from the field, he ended up with an efficient um, 28 points on 23 shooting possessions because three isn't getting to the line. Um, Chetty Osman, oh my goodness. <laughs> Chetty Osman had 19 points. He looked like an actual rotation-level NBA wing player, um, and he's been like out of the rotation the past few games, um, which is you know weird. Um, but he had 19 points on 7-12 oh, shooting, 3-6 um, from the three-point line. Um, so, yeah, not a good thing for the Wizards. Um, Kevin Love played. He's kind of, you know, like he's going to, be done pretty soon um 
Yeah, that's about it for the notable um, Cavaliers performers in terms of top line stats. Um, it's it's killing me. Who who else is missing? I know they're missing one more guy. I got to figure it out. Um, Torian Prince. That's who they're missing. So Torian Prince, um, he's their starting small forward. Um, Torian Prince and Damian Dotson are the reason that Chetty Osman hasn't played like five straight games um, because those guys are just better than Chetty Osman uh, at the same position. Like they play the wing. They can also play the two. Like they're just, they're better than him. And Torian Prince can also play the four. Um, like that's why Chetty Osman hasn't been playing at all. And like the Cavs would rather bring someone off the, like someone younger off the bench, like Lamar Stevens um, to fill his role um, rather than Chetty Osman, who's kind of like, doesn't really have that much of a future um with a team in a prominent role um anyways um i guess the first person we should talk about is bradley beal slash jared allen um i want to pull up the so jared allen had a really interesting night where um so people like when they think of jared allen they think of just a big time like shot blocker in the middle um i think that jared allen has is a little bit overrated um as a shot blocker i want to pull up his stats from nba.com in terms of rim protection um so kind of like this kind of bias that general nba fans have um you know because they're obviously they don't have the time to watch every single game so you know scrolling through youtube scrolling through twitter um you kind of do see these highlights and players that have big time highlights generally get overrated um i think a really good example of this is Allen iverson um but to (laughs) have a more a less controversial um example is vince carter um vince carter is like just such an unbelievably like insane dunker um that his kind of overall skill level and impact as a player has been really really kind of overblown um you know looking back from the past um so jared allen um shots that he contested the room is actually pretty good um the differential is minus 12.8 percent um when teams shoot against him around the rim um so that's better than i thought it was i think last season it wasn't as good oh actually i can check that so last season it was minus 9.4 um and then the season before that it was minus eight. Okay, so these are better than I thought it would be. Um, but you know, some of his rotation stuff isn't great. And then tonight, he kind of got like he got exposed on defense um, in terms of foot speed and being able to come to the level of the screen. Like he just got absolutely destroyed by Bradley Beal every single time. Um, so what the Cavaliers were doing as Bradley Beal was they're having Chetty Osman face guard him a, a bunch, which was <laughs> which was weird. Um, and then they had. Um, so if Bradley Beal caught the ball, um, the Wizards ran tons and tons of high pick and roll or side pick and roll or, you know, step up screens with Bradley Beal because they knew that the center was coming to the level of the screen. And when your center is Jared Allen or Isaiah Hartenstein, um, those are the two guys that are playing center for you. Um, then they're going to get cooked um, because like Jared Allen is like his technique, his foot speed just isn't great on the perimeter. Um, he's like what in his third year. So that's obviously like, it's going to progress a little bit. He does, um, you know, he moves decently well for a big man. He does have a little bit of a high center of gravity. I don't know how well he can flip his hips and like moving at a fast pace like in space. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of a concern for me going forward with Jared Allen. Like people are saying like, oh, he's such a steal, blah, 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 blah. Like I'd be a little more hesitant to say that because of how much he got exposed defensively in this game. Like, yeah, if he's standing right next to the rim, he can protect it. But against a player like a Bradley Beal, who can, you know, if you, you can't play a drop against Beal because he's too good of a shooter, um, he got killed. Um, but in all fairness to him, Bradley Beal is such an unbelievable, like I talked about this a lot, um, just Bradley Beal isn't the most explosive vertical leaper, but he's so good at moving horizontally. Um, you know, like he's so flexible too, like being able to use his body and toward around pick and rolls. Um, he's really, really good at um, splitting. Um, when, you know, teams come to level the screen against him, he's really good at using head fakes, ball fakes. Um, and just like, he doesn't have like a super, super like, like he doesn't do like crazy dribble moves, um, but it's just so functionally good um, what he does with the ball in his hands. Um which is kind of like style versus substance, right? Beal's a lot of substance where he's a little bit less style the way he plays. Um, whereas 
you know, Russell Westbrook and someone like that is a little bit more style um, over substance. But Bradley Beal was just unbelievable tonight. Absolutely destroyed the Cavaliers every single, like they couldn't guard it. Like they, at first and during the game, like they were not face guarding him with Chetty Osman. Um, one thing I will say is that it was really, really weird that they were guarding him with Chetty Osman, right? Like that's, that's not just me. Um, do they not have Isaac Okoro on this team who they put on Russell Westbrook? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Why? Why are we doing this? Um, why wouldn't you put Chetty Osman on Westbrook? Because Westbrook's a guy that you can kind of back up with. Like, Isaac Okora has pretty good foot speed on the perimeter. He can move his feet. Like, he can guard Bradley Beal. He can really, really get through screens. Like, he is incredible at, um, was it, like, locking trailing guys and just getting around the screens. I'd imagine he'd be just as incredible at face guarding someone or, you know, top locking. Like, I've seen him top block guys really, really well this season. Um, so... It's just mind-boggling to me that they didn't just stick him on Bradley Beal and say, Isaac Okora, just go top lock Bradley Beal. They don't have centers that can shoot, so we're just going to tr- pull the centers back into the paint. Um, whenever they set an off-ball screen, like, we're not scared of that. And then, like, Isaac Okora, just, like, guard him. Um, and then get up in him. Like, if they use a ball screen, like, try to blow it up. Like, Isaac Okora is a good defender right now. Um, his offensive game is very, very questionable. Um, he, you know, he does do some, like, things on defense that like aren't great he obviously like he's a rookie like i'm i'm a big isaac Cora optimist um but he is not a very good player right now which is fine like he's a rookie fifth pick in the draft he's like what 19 20 years old he's a young guy um he's gonna get better um but it's just so mind-boggling to me that they had chetty osman guarding bradley peel most of the game instead of isaac Okoro. what else is mind-boggling is that off the bench they had lamar stevens um he's actually he's slimmed down so much since last year at penn state like i have to give him a ton of credit for that like he looks a lot better out there um than he did last year um so you know like that's that's awesome um but also like broderick thomas Roger Thomas at times during this game was the primary matchup on Bradley Beal while he was on the floor. Like JB Bickerstaff, what are we doing here? Like you can't do, come on. <laughs> like, so you have, if you have Chetty Osman guarding him, you can't figure out a rotation with Chetty Osman with one of Chetty Osman, Isaac Okoro or Lamar Stevens on the floor, or even like throw Matthew Delavadova on him. Like those four guys are all dying in like an ideal world, much better at guarding Bradley Beal than Broderick Thomas. Broderick Thomas played five minutes. There's no way that you just say, Hey, Broderick Thomas, come on in the game and guard Bradley Beal. Um, I don't even know like where Broderick Thomas came from. I know he's on the Rockets a lot this year. I'm um, just randomly like, I need, I, it was weird. Like one of the first games of the season, like he played, I think. Um, and then I was like, what, what is Broderick Thomas doing? Who is this guy? Um, I'm trying to, what, he's from Truman State University. What is that place? He's played in, yeah. So he played for Houston most of the season and then he came to Cleveland. Um, Interesting, interesting. Where is Truman State University? Okay, he's the fourth player out of Truman State University to make the NBA. Congratulations to um, Broderick Thomas. Um, he's the first since 1970. In 1970, Lester Selvage played two years from <laughs> from Truman State University. Um, okay, I don't. What is Truman State University? Truman State University. So I'm going down this rabbit hole, but this is so interesting to me. Truman State University is a public university in Kirksville, Missouri. It has 5,222 5, enrolled students, blah, 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 blah. Um, Truman State University basketball? Are they D1? Is this a D1 team? Is Broderick Thomas from, from a D2 team? Truman State University? This does not look like it is. Uh, I'm trying to figure out, are, is this team Division Two? That, that'd be pretty exciting if Project Thomas is from a D2 team. I cannot figure it out at all. Um, hmm. So just looking at their schedule, they played Indiana State University. Um, 
Yeah, I do not. I think this is a Division Two team. Like these, like Indianapolis, Illinois, Springfield, Lewis, Quincy, Southern Indiana. These are not D1 teams. That's cool. Um, good for Broderick Thomas, I guess. I guess he came from Division Two. Um, that's awesome. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, if he was playing in Division Two not that long ago, um, I don't think he's an NBA player. Um, <laughs> that should be guarding Bradley Beal. Um, sorry for going down a rabbit hole. I thought that was really interesting. Um, maybe someone out there thought it was interesting also. Um, but yeah. Oh, also there is another um clear delineation. Um, in this game between the starters and the bench. Um, this has happened a few times before. This happened again in this game. Um, so the Wizards starters, first of all, Anthony Gill started. What are we doing here? Like, just start Bertans. Like, come on now. Um, but anyways, Anthony Gill started. He was minus 16. Alex Len was minus 15. Um, Russell Westbrook plus three. Howell Neto minus 12. And Bradley Beal plus seven. Off the bench, we have Davis Bertans plus 25. Um, Robin Lopez plus 10, Daniel Gafford plus 14, Ish Smith plus 8, and Garrison Matthews plus 21. Um, Cavaliers, they're starters. Um, Kevin Love minus 5, Chetty Osman minus 12, Isaac Coro minus 5, um, Jared Allen um, zero, <laughs> plus minus 0, um, and Darius Garland plus 3. Off the bench, you have Larry Nance Jr. minus 2, um, Dean Wade plus 3, Lamar Stevens minus 7, Isaiah Hardenstein minus 9, um, Matthew Devildova minus 11 and Brother Thomas at a solid zero. Um, good for him, Mr. D2 guy. Um, but anyways, um, starters for this, or the backups for the Cavs team, so bad. Like, or compared to like an average NBA team, like Dean Wade, like Dean Wade doesn't really give you anything, but like he can shoot. He can't really move that well at all. Um, let's see, he's in his second year. I actually, I really like Dean Wade in college. Um, so I'm happy that he's in the league. He's, I don't think he's gonna be in the league that long. Um, but you know, good for him. Um, Lamar Stevens, um, He's a rookie. I don't think he was drafted. Um, so, you know, not necessarily going to be a rotation player year one. Isaiah Hardenstein, he's he's been passed around. Um, I don't really think of Isaiah Hardenstein as a rotation level center yet. Um, Matthew Delvadova, he gives you just absolutely zero on offense. Like, he's still a good on-ball defender, but like, he's just such a zero on offense. Um, I'm not too sure about that. And then Broderick Thomas. Um, anyways, um, something else that's really, really weird to me is that the Cavs didn't play Larry Nance Jr. more at center. I think Larry Nance Jr. is, like, really good. Like, I would love to see him on an actual good team. Like, I think he's really, really good defensively. I think he's really good as a role man, and he's expanded his game as a shooter. He's a little bit better as a passer this year. Like, I I don't understand why he doesn't play more minutes. He played 23 in this game. Like, why isn't he playing 30? Why is Kevin Love playing 28 minutes? Kevin Love is, like, he's, like, calcified out there. Like, he he can barely move. Um, A couple times late in the game, the Wizards put Kevin Love in pick and roll, and just flat out killed him. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Um, but anyways, yeah, I want to talk about Jared Allen's offensive game super, super quick because I think I kind of breezed by that. Um, but Jared Allen was six of seven from inside the restricted area and four of five from inside floater range, which is inside the paint, um, but outside the restricted area. Um, so overall in the paint, he shot all the shots in the paint and was 10 of 12. Um, and a lot of that was from just bad pick and roll defense from the Wizards. Um, Darius Garland had a really, really nice game because he was um, working in pick and roll. He was making nice reads out of it. He can shoot the ball. Um, they had Neto guarding Darius Garland. I love Neto getting around screens. Um, so I think that actually played to the Wizards' advantage. But um, man, like Daniel Gafford has to get better in pick and roll coverage. Um, he just has to. Like if he really, really wants to make it in this league, um, which is, again, it's fine. He's in his second year. Um, but also like at times, Robin Lopez a little bit can kind of expose in that like kind of cat and mouse game because of his athletic disadvantages. And also like when Gary's, Darius Garland starts making a couple of floaters and that kind of makes the defense kind of think a little bit about their drop and pulls them maybe a step further than they would. And then all of a sudden the weak side help defense has to help on the roll man and then they don't tag. And then all of a sudden it's dunks for Jared Allen or Darius Garland gets into the defense a little bit and he has a little bit of a drop down pass to Jared Allen and he's getting dunks, he's getting floaters. 
um, just super easy shots around the rim. Um, he's scoring a bunch of points. Like, it's it's tough. Um, the Wizards' defense is not very good. Uh, their defense was not very good this game at all, and that's why Jared Allen had played so well. Same thing thing for Darius Garland. Um, like, some of the stuff, like, I don't, like Daniel Gafford, um, his pick-and-roll defense is questionable. Um, but also, like, you know, when if you're asking, like, Robin Lopez to come up to the level of Daniel Ga- Darius Garland's screen, that's not going to end well. Um, and, yeah, some of the, like, I don't know, some of the stuff is just really weird. Um, yeah, so the next thing I want to talk about, um, I want to see how far into this we are, because I do want to talk about this, like, eight-game winning streak, 18 minutes. Um, yeah, I don't want to make this episode too long, because it's the Cavaliers. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so I'll talk about the eight-game winning streak super quick. Um, actually, no, I do want to talk about, I want to look at the Cleveland Cavaliers lineup data, um, and I want to talk about the closing lineup. That's what I want to talk about. Um, so Cleveland Cavaliers filter lineups off the court, Andre Drummond, off the court, Dante Exum. Is Dante Exum, he's on the, is he on the Rockets now? I don't even know where Dante Exum is because he hasn't, like, played all year. Off the court, JaVale McGee. Man, they, <laughs> they traded away a lot of guys. Off the court, um... Uh, is Thonmaker on this team anymore? He's not, right? He got waived? Is Thonmaker out of the league now? I think so. Um, anyway, off the court, Colin Sexton. That's the guy I was looking for. Okay, so I filtered lineups of guys that aren't on the team anymore and Colin Sexton, who didn't play in this game. Um, the point differential in 1,040 possessions without Andre Drummond, Dante Exum, JaVale McGee, and Colin Sexton for the Cavaliers. Um, minus 5.8, which is bad. <laughs> Their offense rating is 106.3, which is basically kind of an indicator that the Wizards should not have played that poorly defensively against his team. The defense rating is about average, um, you know, which is good. Um, I think J.B. Bickerstaff's actually a pretty decent, awesome offensive coach or defensive coach, but I think the offense is just not good. Um, the other thing that I wanted to look at, oh, I want to talk about the closing lineup. So the Wizards closed the game with Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, obviously. Um, Daniel Gafford, um, who is a little bit more versatile in their pick and roll coverage is a little bit, gives you a little bit more versatility defensively um, and gives you a little bit more vertical threat in terms of lobs offensively. Like, I'm fine with that. Um, even though, like, I think he's he fits well in that um, closing lineup. He gives him a little more optionality, you know, all that. Um, so I'm fine with that. Um, and then they had Bertans and Garrison Matthews. I think that that makes so much sense. That's like what I was calling for so much at the beginning of the year for that lineup to be out there. Um, those four um, plus, you know, whatever center, um, because Garrison Matthews, they need spacing around those guys. Like Bradley Beal is so much more of a threat to do stuff when he has spacing because he's so his handle has gotten so good. He's gotten so good at getting into the lane and finishing, but he can also shoot off the dribble. If you have space around him, it's it's really, really tough. And to have the two best shooters out there with those guys, also Russell Westbrook has gotten really, really good at passing the ball when he gets penetration into the lane um, and just like working the pick and roll, operating the pick and roll, all that kind of stuff. Um, it makes so much sense. And then if you have Daniel Gafford rolling to the rim, who's such a good vertical threat at the rim, um, plus spacing in the weak side corner, that makes it really hard for the defense. To me, that lineup makes so much sense. I have zero clue why it hasn't been played a bunch um because like like the defense the defense with that lineup isn't gonna be great um it's just not but like there's not really great theories behind any wizards defensive lineup anyways um this was kind of just like you know it makes sense to play these guys together um just have an awesome offense like this team is supposed to have an offensive awesome offense at the beginning of the season and they haven't um oh my goodness (laughs) okay so i'm looking at lineups so okay so wait what 
Okay, so Bradley Beal and Davis Rattons, Russell Westbrook, and Garrison Matthews have played together on the floor of the season for only 24 possessions. In the entire season, they've only played together for 24 possessions. Um, so just to put that in perspective, 24 possessions they've played together. Um, the entire season, there has been 5,877 possessions. That is a minuscule amount. That's awful. Like, I don't know. That lineup just makes so much sense to me. I think I'm... I'm 100% sure I've called for that lineup before, like early in the season, and I kind of just given up. Um, but yeah, I love that lineup. I hope I see that lineup again when the players are back. Um, yeah, so was, so the last thing I want to talk about super quick before I get to my notes is the win streak that keeps getting talked about so much. Um, look, I love a good winning streak, um, but you have to put it into context. So here are the eight teams that the Wizards beat. They beat the Cavaliers tonight. Um, you know, pretty should, in theory, be a really easy win. Um, they beat the Thunder twice. Um, they beat the Warriors once, which is a, a good win. They beat the Pistons once, which is an easy win. They beat the Pelicans once, which is, which is a good win. Um, they beat the Kings once, which is an easy win. And then they beat the Jazz once without um, two of their important rotation players, which is still a good win. So if you kind of count it up, three of the five wins were like actual good wins. Um, and one of them with the Jazz has a little bit of an asterisk next to it. Um, and one of them with the Pelicans also has a little bit of an asterisk next to it because they didn't have Josh Hart, right? And then the Warriors, who are the Warriors missing? I don't think anyone has seen it, like James Wiseman, um, which helped out the Warriors. Um, so anyways, like, you know, you say like eight game winning streak, it's really exciting, but like, how can I really get that excited about the Wizards beating these teams that I know that they should beat? Plus, like, three good wins in there. I'm excited about the three good wins. That's a really positive sign. But beating a bunch of teams that you're supposed to run out the gym, like, that's not too exciting to me. Um, so, you know, you have to be careful with these winning streaks. Um, always put it into context. Always think about, you know, who they're playing, that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, the next thing. So, lastly, I want to get to my notes super quick, and then that'll be that for this episode um i want to see how long we in 23 minutes okay so i'll go through this super quick uh, i said i'd try to end it um i wrote i okay i talked about chetty osman guarding bradley beal and how that's weird um yeah jared allen from the beginning was not very good um broger thomas talked about that um okay so this is something that's interesting so i wrote in my notes sometimes it's really hard for russell westbrook to punish mis- punish mismatches with ish one pass away and gaffer in the middle it's too clogged up that's true um ish Smith, um you know him being out there with russell westbrook it makes it hard for westbrook to do what he's best at which is attack the paint and create plays whether that be finishing at the rim or whether it just be straight up scoring um and it's really really hard with gaffer in the middle clogging up the paint ish Smith, one pass away so then players can help for one pass away, like it's tough for him um, sometimes. So sometimes that um, little bit of context does have to be included with my, you know, I criticize Westbrook a lot, but I also understand that the circumstance um, of who he's playing with and the scheme he's playing in isn't particularly suited to what he does best. Um, Lamar Stevens is now on Russ, dot, dot, dot. Um, I like the Wiz trying to get um, Garland involved in the actions by having itch set screens. They didn't do that a ton. Um, Every single time Garland was on the floor defensively, um, the Cavs are trying to hide him. Um, I wish the Wizards attacked him a little bit more than they did. Um, Cavs are getting a lot of... Yeah, so the Cavs set a lot of screens with like their four, which is either Larry Nance or um, Kevin Love. They got a lot of good advantages out of that, those sets um, by just attacking mismatches in the post with like Ishmith or, you know, Howell Neto or whoever guarding the four um, because both their fours are decent in the post. Um, Cavs aggressively helping one pass away. Um, Talked about that. Um Cavs go to a wedge screen, into a ball screen, into a post. <laughs> okay, so the Cavs set a wedge screen, um, and then so the wedge screen went into the ball screen, but the ball screen wasn't for the um, ball handler. It was for, to get a touch in the post off a switch, um, and then 
to get the ball in the post after the Wizards were fronting off the switch. The Cavs ran a high-low, and then I wrote, this is definitely more of an old-school team, which they are. Like, J.B. Bickerstaff coaches a little bit more of an old-school style than most coaches. Um, Allen cannot contain Beal at all. I talked about that. Uh, the Cavs were in zone for one possession, and how Neto made a wide-open corner three. Um, all the Wizards had to do was swing the ball around the perimeter once, um, and they were wide open. Um, oh, the Wizards ran this one set a bunch of times that I really liked um, to counter the um, Chetty Osmond face guarding Bradley Beal. Was that Beal set a wedge screen f- for Bertans? So um, Chetty Osmond had to help a little bit to make sure that Bertans didn't catch the ball wide open in the corner for three. After like he came, he was coming to the corner from the wedge screen set by Beal. Um, and then Beal popped out to the perimeter to catch the ball, and then he received a high ball screen. Um, just a really, really good set, I thought, from you know whoever drew it up, um, Scott Brooks or Robert Pack, um, to get some you know good looks for Beal and to give him more touches when he was being face guarded. Um, oh my goodness, a one play Gafford came to the level of a Matthew Dellavedova screen, and then Jared Allen got a wide open dunk um, because the weak side was empty. Um, Neto wasn't like necessarily going to help because Matthew Dellavedova was the ball handler, so that was I thought that was really, really weird. Um, I like Neto on defense. Yeah, Garland was a little bit too quick. Like his handle, he's a little bit too crafty for Neto in particular, I guess. Like Neto's, he's pretty strong. He's good at guarding slightly slower guys. I don't know if he can kind of keep up with a Darius Garland level of quick guy. Um, not sure how many teams <laughs> run elements of the Princeton offense, but the Cavs do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That reminded me of like college basketball, um, which is exciting, I guess. Like I like different stuff, but kind of, also kind of weird. Um, this game is a set of record. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, you shouldn't, you should go under every single Matthew Delvado's screen. He, he's not a shooter at all. Um, so many times a wizard got caught on Delvado's screens and he was able to make plays because of it. That was just the weirdest thing I'd ever seen in my life. That's typical. I mean, typical wizard, wizard's weirdness, but come on now. Um, wizard's running wedge play with Bill Bertanza keeps working. Yeah, that, that, I love that play. Um, the closing line with Bertanza Matthews, um, you talked about that. Um, <laughs> Allen's getting a ton of looks because the rotations are so bad. Um, yeah, I talked about that. Um, oh my goodness. So there's this one play where Beal, like it was in the fourth quarter, Beal pointed to his family. He was like waving at them. They're showing it on the camera. It was great. And then he made a very good defensive rotation on Jared Allen on the roll man, tagging the roller very early, which was awesome. Um, shout out to Bradley Beal's family for inspiring him to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, talk about Beal just dominating the Cavaliers on every single ball screen action. Um, so yeah, the next game is tomorrow against the San Antonio Spurs at seven. I think maybe eight. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so definitely check that out. I'll have a podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.